0: All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, I trust that uh, you have uh, woken up this morning with a grateful heart, excited about the fact that this is Resurrection Day. And uh, uh, <clears throat> my my wife woke me up this morning and she was saying, He has risen. That's what I got woken up to uh, this morning. Amen to that. Amen. Uh, so, uh, it is Resurrection Day, and I am excited to share with you the Word of God. Um, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And while you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, we, have, we have a couple of announcements. Um, first off, uh, on our church's uh, Facebook page, we have posted some songs. There are three uh, Easter-themed songs uh, that we have posted on our Facebook page. And what we were trying to do is encourage our normal viewers, our our church people uh, prior to the service to watch those, kind of prepare your heart for the message. And if you were not able to do that, Uh, Let me encourage you to do that after the service. Um, uh, It would be a great encouragement to you, I'm sure. Uh, And there are three uh, videos on on YouTube uh, that, uh, again, are Easter-based songs. This morning, uh, we do not have anything special planned. Uh, We, uh, I should say I, uh, contemplated... Trying to have some special music and different things. and and as the more I prayed about it, the more I felt the need to just keep our service simple this morning. Um, uh, Christ, in his ministry, did everything very simple. Uh, nothing uh, there was nothing elaborate about his life. Everything was simple. Um, he, just lived a simple life and and this morning we're we're celebrating the resurrection of christ we're celebrating his life this morning and and not that i not that i don't think uh specials and all those kind of you know songs and all that is important because i do think it is important but this morning i just wanted to spend some time concentrating On the resurrection. I didn't, I don't want to, I don't, you know what? Let's just keep it simple this morning. So the other announcement that I have, um, it has to do with our church family. Um, April the 25th, uh, we, uh, as most of you know, uh, that are members of our church, uh, we own 25 acres, uh, excuse me, 25, we own 10 acres uh, here in Fernley uh and we in the springtime have to clean out the TCID ditch um well that's hard to say real fast the TCID ditch that's the, the that's the uh, water for the people below us uh that need to water their fields and so on and so forth um uh, we need to go in and clean out all the leaves this year is a little bit more the normal we we went out Bob and I went out uh yesterday and we walked the ditch and um we have the normal debris uh but we have a couple of trees that have fallen uh on 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 the onto the ditch so we need to pull out those trees and and so we have a little bit more so I want to encourage you 9 a.m. April the 25th if you can come out and help us with that it would it would be um a great help to us. We would really appreciate it. What? Oh yeah, and and we'll do the social distancing thing and all that and but it, it it has to get done so that the people below us can get their water. If we don't, all the debris clogs up the water and then it's a, just a big mess. So, if you can come out and help on the 25th, uh, we would appreciate that very much. So again, let me encourage you. If you were not able to watch the videos before uh, the service uh, that we posted on the website, uh, take the advantage. Uh, uh, download uh, or not download them, but just click on the links. It takes you right to YouTube, um, and I promise it'll be a blessing to you. So again, I want to welcome you uh, to our, our 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 messages this morning uh, on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, on this very special day, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us through your word. Help us, dear God, to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, I, I do want to say a couple more things. I just, it just don't, I mean, uh, number one, this is going to be the last uh, broadcast from the church uh, for a while. Everything else is going to be done at our home. Uh, tonight we'll be at our home. Uh, Wednesday, everything from now on will be uh, broadcast from our home, uh, just so that you know. Uh, the other thing is, uh, yesterday I got a, a text, I think it was yesterday, yesterday the day before. Uh, I got a text from somebody in the church and said, I am sick and tired of this this distance. I need to get back to church. (laughs) And, and God, and all of God's people said, amen. (laughs) So I wrote him back. I said, man, I am with you a hundred percent. Um, but you know, uh, uh, Most of you, I would assume, have been on Facebook and other social media type type things, just because for for many of us, there's just not a lot to do. Uh, um, but uh, for me, I've been actually staying more busy. More busy? Is that that's not busier? There you go. I've been busier through all this than than normal. But anyway, um, so, somebody. Showed me a, 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 a what do you call it, memes? Those little meme things that they pass around on Facebook, and it was a picture of the Pharaoh from the movie The Ten Commandments with a kind of a weird look on his face, you, you know. Uh, and and his and his the, and the caption was, um, "Wow, you, you're reacting like this with only one plague." <laughs> yeah and i I just I couldn't help but laugh because you know they went through ten plagues and uh anyway, so <laughs> uh, it is it is a it's a scary time and and it is a time for uh people to uh, look to God and not away from God and again, I want to encourage you to look to the things of God, especially on this day of Easter. So, uh, most of you know that I have the privilege of speaking uh, once a month out at the uh, Lovelock prison. Uh, Well, it it is technically the uh, Lovelock Correctional Institution, um, but everybody knows it's a prison. Anyway, I get to go out there once a month to preach to uh, two groups of uh, two different groups of prisoners. And <clears throat> I was out there a few years ago. Well, actually, two, 2016 to be exact. I was I was out there, and I was getting ready to start my sermon. I told everybody. I said, "Okay, turn in your Bibles to you know such and such a page or a book, and so on and so forth." And one of the men raised his hand, and he says, "I have a question." Well, before I tell you what the question was, i have I need to explain to you uh, a couple of things about the prison. Um, one is that the prisoners have access to television. they They can purchase their own televisions and and so they they get they get, Not a lot of different variety, but they do get some of the major channels and so on and so forth. So back in 2016, right before I I was to preach, there were a lot of commercials about a movie, a Christian movie, that was getting ready to come out in theaters. So his question had to do about that movie. So... um, he so I needed to explain it to you so you understand the rest of my, my story. So, anyway, he I said, Okay, what, what's your question? And he says, Well, I've been seeing these commercials for this movie called Risen, and what's the big deal about the resurrection? And I'll be honest with you at first I was surprised. And then as I as, you know as as my head was trying to process his question I felt like a failure. Because this man had been coming to my services for two little over 2 years and I had failed as a as a pastor, to communicate the importance of the resurrection. And to be perfectly honest, it was a question that haunted me for a long time. And this morning, I want to answer the question, what is the big deal about the resurrection? There's the, there's the title of my message. What's the big deal? You know, because honestly, in our world today, this is a question that a lot of people have. A lot of people today do not understand anything about the resurrection. And I, I looked at this man and I said, I said, well, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. And, and at the time, I, I, I knew nothing about the movie, I, I have since seen it. Uh, It was on, I don't know, it was on the internet. Anyway, I I saw it. But but at the time, I didn't know anything about the movie. So I I looked at him, I said, I know nothing about the movie, but I do know a lot about the resurrection. And I took my sermon notes that I had had with me. I stuffed them in my Bible. I read. I opened and changed my message totally and I started preaching about the resurrection. And I did my best to communicate the importance of the resurrection. And in somewhere in that time of of conversation or or preaching, I guess you would say, I made the, a similar, a statement very similar to this. I don't, I don't, I can't remember if ex- exactly like this, but it was similar to this. And that is this: everything that we believe revolves around the resurrection. Now I want you to let that kind of sink in, because w- what is the big deal? It is a huge deal because without the resurrection, what we believe is vain. It's in vain. It, 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 it is absolutely worthless without the resurrection. So for an hour and a half or about an hour and 15 or 20 minutes, I, I just preached about the resurrection. Because it is absolutely vital that we get a hold of of the importance of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's start reading in verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how shall some uh, among you uh, how how say some among you uh, that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? and if christ be not risen then our preaching then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain ye are ye excuse me man i'm having trouble reading this morning ye and we are found false witnesses of god because we have testified of god that he raised up christ Whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead raise not. For if the dead raise not, then is not Christ raised. And look at verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye yet in your sin. Verse 17, I believe that all Christianity revolves around one verse. And that is verse 17. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain or it's empty, it's worthless. Ye are yet in your sin. My sin would not be forgiven. My sin cannot be forgiven if Christ has not risen. Very simply put, if Christ could not raise himself from the grave, then he would be unable to save me and you. It's really incredibly that simple. So what is the big deal? The big deal, it's a huge deal, the resurrection. As I stood there and, and listened to that question being asked to me, my, my mind raced in so many different directions because, again, I had failed as a pastor um, to to communicate the importance of, of the resurrection and I'll be honest with you it, it, that question for the last well since 2016 every, every Easter every resurrection day since then that, that question has come back to me over and over and over and as I was praying uh, just the last few weeks about the message to bring this morning I could not get away from the question what is the big deal I kept hearing his voice over and over and over in my mind, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna that that's that's what I'm gonna preach about. What's the big deal? It's a huge thing, and we need to get a hold of it." I got four points for you this morning. The first one is it is the power of salvation. It is the power of salvation. Turn back if you would uh, to uh, chapter 15, and let's look at verse one moreover brethren i declare unto you the gospel which i preach unto you which also ye have received wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what i preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain it is the power of our salvation <clears throat> the word here, gospel, is it, it literally can be translated into the two words, good news. It is the good news to mankind. It is the gospel. <clears throat> First John chapter uh, four verses uh, nine and ten says, "In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only Son." into the world that we might live through him here in his love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin And that word propitiation we're going to talk about it in a minute it's hard to say but it is a great word to get a hold of and we'll talk about it in a minute so this brings up a couple of questions that I wanted to answer this morning. and 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 that is the first question is this: Why do I even need to be saved? Why, why do I need to be saved? And I, I don't know who's listening this morning, and that that this is one of the, uh, um, the 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 great things about technology today. we can we can preach, we can put this out on the internet. And just whoever wants to can be watching. So let me say this. I don't know who's out there this morning. I, I have no clue. But I do know this. There's a reason why you need to be saved. And let me tell you what it is. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things of earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The reason why we need salvation is because every one of us is going to stand and give an account before Jesus Christ. Every single one of us. And the reality is, if we are not saved, we will come up short. We need to be saved because we will stand before Him one day and every. Tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue. What is salvation? So, why do we need salvation? Because we're going to stand before Him one day. So, what is salvation? Salvation is three, basically three things. I, I kind of, I hope I didn't oversimplify it, but I tried to simplify it as much as possible this morning. But it's basically three things. Number one, we need to understand that God loves you. To be perfectly honest, before I was saved, June 23rd, 1980, in fact, in June 23rd this year, I will have been saved 40 years. Prior to that, I had a hard time believing that God could love me because I knew me. I knew that on the inside, I was rotten. I knew that. And I I had an incredibly hard time trying to wrap my head around the fact that God could love somebody like me. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you are in your life. I don't know what is happening in your life right now. But I can tell you this: God loves you. First John chapter 4, verse 10. in is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. That word propitiation, I told you a minute ago, we talked about it. The word propitiation literally means satisfactory payment. That Jesus Christ is the satisfactory payment for your sin. That's how much God loves you. The second thing that you need to understand is that you're a sinner. Now for most of us, that's not a hard thing to comprehend because, at least for me, I understand totally that I'm a sinner. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that when we stand before Him, like we, we read a, a moment ago, we, when we stand before Him, we will all stand before Him as sinners. The only difference is if you're saved, You've been forgiven. Praise God for that. Everyone has sinned, and that sin is what separates us between. Is this it, the, the sin is the thing that separates us from God? But when we get saved, it closes the gap, and we can then have fellowship again with God. What an incredible picture. The third thing that, that we need to understand, number one is that God loves us. Number two, that we're a sinner. And that, but then number three is we need a Savior. We need that propitiation. We need that satisfactory payment. And that satisfactory payment is Jesus Christ. Romans 6, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, what is salvation? It is a free gift from God for the payment for your sin. That is a very simple explanation of a very complex thing. Jesus was born, lived on this earth 32, 33 years, and he gave his life on the cross And we celebrate today Easter or the resurrection because it is the power of the resurrection that gives us the power of our salvation. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 For that, excuse me, uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Without the resurrection, there would be no salvation. Number two, it is the power of salvation. Number two, it is the authority of Scripture. Verses 3 and 4 of chapter 15. It says, For I deliver unto you first of all that which also uh, I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. See, it it was according to the Scripture. Verse 4, And that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scripture. His death, burial, and resurrection had been prophesied in the Old Testament. And when He... Christ when Christ was alive he fulfilled over 350 prophecies in the Old Testament the odds of that are astronomical it is an unbelievable figure what the percentages of one person fulfilling over 350 prophecies but here we see that his that 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 it, 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 the resurrection validates the authority of Scripture. In other words, when 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 Paul says here, first of all, that that that's a that's an interesting statement when he says first of all, because literally what it is what he's saying here is uh, compared to everything else, first of all, this the gospel is the most important thing of everything. First of all, the 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 highest priority in the in the, the message of the New Testament church is the gospel. That was that th- this right here is one of the reasons why I wanted to keep the message simple this morning. Because it's not about music, it's not about fanfare, it's not about anything. The most important message of the New Testament church is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But Jesus' death validates scripture. All of the gospel is, is in the Old Testament. Christ's death. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. Uh, and with his stripes we are healed. That is the uh, an incredible picture of what happened before the cross. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 7. Uh, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. He opened not his mouth. He could have called for legions of angels to pluck him off the cross. And he didn't. He kept his mouth shut so that he could die for you and for me. Christ's resurrection is in the Old Testament as well. Jesus himself gives an Old Testament example in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, uh, this is something that many of us would recognize. uh, And and he says, For as Jonas was uh, three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. See, Jesus himself talked about the Old Testament prophecies. And then also in Matthew we see that Jesus was teaching his disciples uh, about his death and resurrection. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, it says, "For that uh, time, excuse me, from that time forth began Jesus uh, to show unto his disciples how he must go and uh, unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day." See, much of the Old Testament prophecies and the sacrificial systems point to the, to the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I personally love the picture that is painted for us in, in the book of Leviticus. It is called the scapegoat. You ever you ever wonder where the term scapegoat comes from? <clears throat> I remember as a kid, well, I better not I better not say that. <clears throat> My sister if she's watching might get mad at me, but I was always the scapegoat. Now she's going to disagree and say she was, but don't believe her. It was me. I was always the scapegoat. Okay, just saying. Uh Love you sis if you're watching. But the term scapegoat goes all the way back to the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 8, and and it says, And Aaron shall cast lots unto two goats, and uh, one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. So what what this is a picture of is once a year, they would bring two goats to Aaron, or to the high priest, and the high priest would cast lots over the two goats. Or basically, in our our culture today, would be kind of like rolling dice in a sense and the one would the one lamb would be sacrificed and the other lamb ceremonially c- c- ceremoniously there you go that's the word ceremoniously Aaron would place the sins of the nation on the other goat and then they would take that goat out of the city and they would just let it loose to run free What an incredible picture of what Jesus does with our sin. Never to be seen again. When Jesus forgives us of our sins, he never brings them up on us and says, "You idiot, you did it again." It's just in fact it's just the opposite. If you go to Jesus and say, "Jesus, I'm sorry, I did it again." He says, "Did what again?" See, he chooses not to remember our sins once we ask for forgiveness. What an incredible picture the, scape- the, scape- the scapegoat gives us. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25 says, I, even I, uh, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake and will not remember thy sin. God does not forget our sin. He chooses not to remember it. What an incredible blessing! Number three, we see the authority of Christ. Look at verses five and uh, five through eight, and that he was seen of Cephas, then the twelve, after that he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once and of whom the greater part remain uh, unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Paul here gives us a list of people, over 500 people, that can testify personally that they had seen Christ in the flesh. What an incredible validation of the power of the resurrection. My favorite viewing of Christ after the resurrection is we see in John chapter 20, verses 25 and following, and the other disciples therefore said unto him, uh, that being Thomas, uh, we have seen the Lord, but uh, he said unto them, except I shall see uh, in his hands the prints of the nails and put my finger uh, into the prints of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And, and it is this passage that Thomas picks up the name Doubting Thomas because he doubted the other other disciples and apostles. And and, and Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it until I have proof. And we live in a world today of people that say, I cannot believe in Christ until I see proof. Well, I'm here to tell you there's proof. It goes on. Um, And after eight days, again his disciples were were uh, within and thomas with them then came jesus the door being shut and stood in the midst and said peace be with you then he then saith he to thomas reach hither thy finger and behold my hand and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believe and Thomas answered and said, "My Lord and my God. I love that. There is proof. Now, can we today stick our hand in this in the sight of Jesus? Can we physically touch the nail prints in his hands? No, we can't. But I'm here to tell you, forty, almost forty years ago today, my life changed. And the change, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. But the change that takes place is real. I'm not the same person, and that is proof that He lives. What about the men on the road to uh, the what we call the road to Emmaus? In Luke chapter uh, 24, uh, verses 31 and 32. These men had been walking and talking with Jesus for quite some time. In verse 31 it says, And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said uh, one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us? While he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened the Scriptures. None of these speak louder and then verse 8. The personal eyewitness testimony of Paul. Look at verse 8 again. And last of all, he was seen of me also. Paul, the apostle, testifying that he himself had seen Jesus Christ. Look at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and following. And Saul... Who later his name is changed changed to Paul, same person just different name. Yet breathing out threatenings and slandered against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him a letter to Damascus to the uh, <clears throat> to the synagogue that he uh, that if he found any of this way or if he found any Christians, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and I heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Here, the life of Paul. Paul was the persecutor. He was the one that was going around and, and, and imprisoning and even killing, stoning Christians. Earlier we read that Saul was responsible for the stoning death of Stephen. And here he meets Jesus face to face. And his life changes from this point on. And he goes from being the persecutor to the persecuted. That doesn't happen unless you go face to face with Jesus. And then number four. What is the big deal? It is the power of salvation. It is the authority of Scripture. <coughs> Excuse me. It is the authority of Christ, but it is the miracle of a changed life. Look at verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For I am the least of the apostle that am not... to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. I love what he says. I am what I am by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I personally can testify to the exact same thing. I am what I am by the grace of God. Am I perfect by any? uh, Not even close. But God has done a miraculous work in my life. And I am so thankful for that. I am what I am by the grace of God. I cannot take credit for one thing that has changed in my life. It is the grace of God that has worked in my life for some, for almost 40 years. Praise God for that. It is the miracle of of the changed life. It is the power that gives us self-control. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. "For God hath not for, <clears throat> not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The, 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 the two words here, sound mind, it gives the idea of self-control or the ability to, to control how we act and how we think, and how we believe. It is the the power of the resurrection that gives me self-control. Because within myself, I I am a lazy, good-for-nothing person. It is Jesus Christ that gives me the power of self-control. Secondly, it is the power that gives us victory over death. You know, I can say this with all sincerity and honesty. If I were to get the coronavirus tomorrow and I were to die, don't cry for me because I'll be in heaven. I have victory over death because my life is only going to be better when I leave this this earth. This world is not my home, I'm just passing through. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. I have no fear of death. I'm not necessarily welcoming death, I don't want the virus. I don't want to die, but if I do die, don't cry for me. You may want to cry for my wife, <laughs> but don't cry for me. Because I have victory over death because of the resurrection. Thirdly, <clears throat> it, is, it is the power that gives us purpose in life purpose in life. What what an incredible thing. See, my purpose in life is not to work a job, retire, and die. That, that's not my purpose in life. Let, let, let me share with you my purpose in life. It is to do the will of God. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I uh, know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil uh, to give you an expected end god has nothing but good thoughts for you philippians chapter 2 verse 13 for it is god which worketh in you both to do both to will and to do his good pleasure in other words my purpose in life is to just do the will of god and if i will do that then my life will be happy and fulfilled. My my purpose in life right now is to be the pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Friendly Nevada. And I'm okay with that. I love it. I love Friendly Nevada. But if he were to say, you know what, tomorrow the will for your your life is to do something else, okay, I'm okay with that. His will for my life. His burden is, is light. His yoke is easy. All I have to do is follow. Everything, everything that we believe as is, 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 is Christians, as is believers in Jesus Christ, everything revolves around that one verse. Let's look at verse 17 again. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sin. If Christ didn't raise, then we have believed a lie. My Christianity is empty and worthless if he did not raise. But I'm here to tell you, he did. How do you know? How do you know, Pastor Rick? I know because he lives in my heart. I spent... Many years before I was saved, trying to fill a vacuum in my life with drugs and alcohol and all sorts of things of this world, but it was only Jesus Christ that filled that vacuum. He lives in my heart, and because of that, I can have victory over all of these things. The power of salvation, the authority of Scripture, the authority of Jesus Christ Himself Than the miracle of a changed life. If Jesus Christ could not raise himself from the dead, it would nullify everything that I believe. It would nullify everything that I know. This book would be nothing but a bunch of paper and leather. It would be worthless. But because he lives... I can live. Because He lives, I can live forever in a place called heaven. Let me ask you in closing, do you know Jesus Christ? Have you ever put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? What is the big deal of the resurrection? It is everything. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, You need to. And let me encourage you right now. If you need to be saved, you want to be saved, all you need to do is accept the gift. The, The Bible says, and I read it earlier in Romans chapter 10, that all you need to do is pray and believe in your heart. Let me encourage you. If you want to get saved, Right now, pray. You can pray a prayer very similar to to this. Lord, come into my heart and save me. I'm a sinner. And take me to heaven when I die. That's all you need to do. Pray and believe. The words of a prayer mean nothing without the believing. But if you will pray that prayer in your heart, and you will believe to the best of your ability in your heart, the Bible says then you can be saved. And I want you to just do me a favor. If you just pray that prayer, or one similar to it, and you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, I would love to know. If you would please message me, call me, send me an email however you want to do it, just let let me know. Say, Pastor Rick, I just prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart because I want to pray for you. So if that is you, please let me know. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And I ask, dear God, that you would speak to our hearts. And that you would help each and every one of us to be more like you. Help us, dear God. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, please message me if you need me. Please call me. Whatever I can do for you, I want to help. I want to be a help and a blessing to you. Thank you for watching. And I hope that you will never ask the question, What's the big deal of the resurrection? Because hopefully now you know.